catching you up on the latest stories from around the Sunshine State that you should know heading into this Thursday morning. I'm Jack Prater, and this is The Point from WUFT News. A new study has found that 85% of popular grouper and snapper species have been overfished and fallen below sustainable numbers along Florida's coral reefs. But these findings are being shrugged off by governing bodies. I sat down with WLRN's Jenny Stiletovich to talk about how she reported the story. So what, what Jerry Alt, who's a University of Miami fisheries biologist at the Rosenthal School of Marine and Atmospheric Science, tried to do was paint a picture of uh, reef fish in, on, on Florida's reef, the only inshore, nearshore reef in the continental United States. Um, what's happened to those reef fish over time? And he picked 15 species um, that are hugely popular. You find them not only on menus, but divers and anglers love these fish. It's mutton snapper, yellowtail, red grouper, black grouper, uh, Nassau grouper, um, really popular fish. And he wanted to show basically that the rapid increase, the huge increase in fishing pressure on this reef, um, the fishing regulations are not keeping up with that. And he looked at these fish in the 1990s um, down in the Keys and reached some similar conclusion that they were being overfished. Well, he said, you know, 20 years later or more, um, they knew they had better modeling. They had more data. They'd been going out every year and surveying this, these fish. They had a lot more numbers. Um, and he wanted to take another look and come up with some modeling and some solutions and some lines of reasoning to convince managers that you need to change fishing regulations or else we're going to, these fish are no longer sustainable. They are reaching levels where they are no longer sustainable. A big takeaway from your story is that the Florida Fish and Wildlife Commission and researchers aren't on the same page. Uh, what's at the core of this struggle? Right. So I think fisheries management is one of the most contentious areas of government and and in the environmental world. There are, you know, it's the stakeholders that include scientists, that include anglers, the recreational fishing industry, the commercial fishing industry, um, getting everybody to agree. And politics is is, is hugely um, is very, very difficult among among anglers, among boaters. Nobody wants to give up their fishing rights even when they're presented with this sort of overwhelming data that the numbers are down. You make a point in your story that the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration could be on the hook for not adopting these guidelines. Is this something that you see a legal battle being fought over? I mean, I don't know. When I pressed NOAA on why they weren't including this data, they just said to me it was... The, the, the paper was published after the Gulf of Mexico Fisheries Management Council made the recommendations to them. Generally, and I talked to some other people about this, they say they are required, and I found the federal rule that says they're required to use the best available science. And a research paper that has several NOAA co-authors listed on it, along with some folks from the National Park Service, seems to me like that would that would qualify as best available science but they but they said they weren't weren't going to use it and then didn't respond to my follow up questions at first uh, florida fisheries people they disagree with what Jerry All has found and they believe that they have their own process, which is this more complicated collaborative process among regional fisheries councils and NOAA, um, that those assessments 
are, you know, a better reflection of the, the populations because they say for alt to only look at the reef, it doesn't capture the full extent of the stock. You know, alt would say, yes, but the fish are on the reef. <laughs> That's where we should be looking. And that the states and this other assessment process takes a really long time. It only looks at single species. It doesn't look at you know, the community of fish. And when you're talking about the health of the reef, it's the community of the fish, not just a single species. Is there anything else you wanted to add that's important to the story? That is an example of kind of the political pressure that goes into coming up with these fisheries rules. It's not all science, that's clear. And it seems to me like uh, maybe we should put more weight on the science if we're talking about um, a number of reef fish reaching points where they're no longer sustainable, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's political willpower. And, uh, and that, that's a tough thing to kind of, uh, you know, wrangle. That was WLRN's Jenny Stiletovich on her latest story about overfishing along Florida's coral reef systems. Now, let's get in some other top headlines. A University of Florida investigation into allegations that COVID-19 data were suppressed has come back with no evidence to prove them, the Miami Herald reports. The anonymously made allegations accused the university of pressuring staff members into destroying data, hindering access to state data, and preventing publication of their findings. UF Vice President for Research David Norton says staffers who made the accusations refused to cooperate with the investigation, making the university rely on documents and the testimony of others. Norton says the allegations, which surfaced in December, were taken very seriously. The mayor has lost his job in a small South Florida town where 98 people died in the collapse of an oceanfront condominium last summer. Surfside Mayor Charles Burkett came in third in Tuesday's vote. Business owner Shlomo Danzinger won 499 votes, followed by Vice Mayor Tina Paul with 476 and Burkett with 466. Surfside's oceanfront condos draw an outsized number of international residents, so many in the town of 6,000 can't vote. Danzinger says he thinks many residents were tired of the constant bickering in the wake of the condo collapse. He says just staying out of the newspapers will be an accomplishment. WFSU reports the Florida Senate is considering returning for a special session to address growing problems in the state's property insurance market. Recent court orders have forced the state to liquidate two insurance companies, which will leave thousands of Floridians searching for new coverage. Senate President Wilton Simpson praised a bill that would have allowed 2% deductibles for roof damage claims in an attempt to tamp down on fraud, a driving factor behind rate increases. Simpson said the legislature had a good bill, but simply ran out of time this session before passing it. Subscribe to The Point Newsletter, which drops the latest Florida stories into your inbox every morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Visit wuft.org for more information. I'm Jack Prater, and you've been listening to The Point from WUFT News out of the University of Florida. Have a great Thursday.